Hello and welcome to First Time Dads. I am Richard Innes. And I'm Steve Mile. And today, um, ahead of our guest, Richard and I were talking about what's the worst thing that we can imagine happening to us as, as new new dads. And, and our guest today certainly has one of our nightmare fears um, happen to him. Uh, yes, we have with us Mark Duffy, a journalist and the man behind the blog TheWidowedDaddyDiaries.com. Um, Mark, do you want to explain to us just briefly what, what you've been through over the last couple of years? Yeah, I mean, it, um, was it now three, yeah, th- two, two years ago, two and a half years ago, uh, well, nearly three years ago, actually, my wife, um, Nicola, was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer. Uh, my daughter, uh, my only child at the time, uh, was 11 months old, and um, obviously at that point my world turned upside down, or mm. my world turned upside down, and uh, over the next couple of years, Nicola was very poorly, she actually got uh, the all clear at one point, um, but then not four months later, she was re-diagnosed again, and this time it was terminal cancer. And uh, unfortunately, she then passed away last summer. So, um, as you can imagine, a very tough time, uh, particularly with a young with a young child. But we uh, we're, we're, we're gradually getting to grips with with life um, without her. It's difficult to know where to start with something like this because, as Steve pointed out in that introduction, you know, it is I think for a lot of dads with you know with with young kids it is that that worst nightmare that you've had that person you're planning to spend the rest of your life with taken away from you um how how is grace doing how old is grace now she's now three and a half um she's doing really well she has done actually from from the start she there's never a good age for these things to happen but it's possible this was among the better ages she could have been because she was old enough to have memories of nicola she was um you know she, she she'd got sort of I don't know how long they'll last, but she does have physical memories of her, but also perhaps not old enough to understand the full extent of what had happened. But mm. so I mean, she she started nursery two weeks, I think, after Nicola died, and that was a good sort of um, distraction for her and me actually mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but really, she's she's taken it very well, and she talks about her mummy quite a lot, mm. um, not in a in a sort of particularly upset way. She sort of you know mm. refers to it and says, "Oh, my mummy did that, and my mummy did that," and mm. um, a couple of times recently she said in a slightly more sad tone because I think the realisation a little bit and as she gets older the logic is beginning to be applied more um, but she you know she has coped amazingly well and she's she's an incredible little girl actually I, mean, mm. I know she's mine and I'm biased but she she's very clever she's very bright and bubbly she's been a absolutely amazing therapy for all of us uh, the whole family um, and friends so um, I mean, without her, I don't know how we'd have held up. You know, to be now, now, Grace was uh, eleven months, yeah. which is the same age as Richie's my boy Ben. Yeah. And we talk every week about you know the minutiae of parenting, and it's we've come to conclusion it's pretty tough. Yeah. You know, it's not an easy thing to do. It's fun, but lay on top of that, mm-hmm. what happened to you? I mean, you've been a first-time dad. How was it being a first-time dad up until the eleven-month point? Well, I mean, it was it was fantastic. We loved it. I mean, it, um, you know, we were both in our well, I was mid thirties and, and Nicola was early thirties when Grace was born. So we were at that point in life where we had a good part of life to enjoy ourselves. We travelled a lot. We'd, we'd done um, lots as a couple, and it was sort of the, uh, having a baby was kind of the next, the natural process for us. So obviously, when Grace came along, she was fit, she was healthy. You know, our world was basically complete. And obviously, then you spend the next, as you know, you, know, you spend the next however long cooing over your baby and, and enjoying being being mm. a dad you're proud and that kind of thing and then and yeah that was absolutely the case it was, but all of a sudden then obviously things changed like they did and mm. you just you just um, 
you just adapt straight away. What was the? How did um, Nicola realise that something was wrong? Yeah, I mean, it was it was the sort of standard thing really. She she she'd found the lump um, yep. in her in her breast, and and I think she 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 was never the quickest to get to, to doctors and things like that. So it took me to say to her, "Look, if you don't book an appointment about this, I will." Um, kind of thing. So, and then we actually went away. We went away for the weekend, and then we came back, and then Grace was a bit poorly, so we actually got her to the doctors first. You know, these kind of child takes priority kind of mm-hmm. thing. Then, I think a week later, Nicola finally went, and and they they weren't overly happy with the lump. They got it. They, they referred her to the, to the hospital, and then you know, to cut a long story short, they you know they weren't happy with it, and very quickly decided that's what it was. And, and um, uh, so yeah, it was it was it was it happened quite quickly actually. Mm-hmm. Um, literally, I mean, Grace turned one, and I think. Uh, her birthday's a couple of days after mine, and then that, that weekend, I think the Monday, she started the, the treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, so literally, we, had the, we literally had the first birthday party on the Sunday, and then the Monday, Nicholas started treatment. So it's kind yeah. of a crazy, crazy mm-hmm. time because you, you, you're thrilled about your child's first birthday and, and the big party we had, and then all of a sudden it's like the reality hits. You, you mentioned adapting. Um, mm. You said when, you know, that, that you're go- there you are going along like mm. Steve or I or any other first time dad, getting your head around the idea of becoming a father mm. and how yeah. you, are you good at these things, are you bad at these things, where you need to improve, all those, all those bits and pieces that we all do. In terms of adapting, how, how exactly did that, did that work out in the sense that I've, I've always thought that once you're in those things, once you're in those horrible situations, it's almost, you almost go into autopilot, don't you? Autopilot is exactly the, mm. the, the word. I mean, it's, it's, when you look back at it now, you think, or when you see other people in it, you think, how on earth do you possibly mm. cope? You know, that's good. But actually, when it's happening, you've got no choice. You know, you, you, you've got, you think, right, this is happening. I can't change it. Um, and it becomes a juggling act, obviously, because I'm looking after, um, Grace and then Nicola was obviously getting quite poorly with the treatment she was having so I was having to look after her and you know, I had a great support network around me Nicola's parents were fantastic with, with Grace they live quite locally so uh, and my, my work were, were amazing they let me sort of um, go to hospital whenever I needed to which obviously which all helps the coping situation because obviously you don't want it to be stressful from all angles and you know so you, you literally do just kind of take each it's a cliche but every day as it comes because you, you don't know what the next day is going to do you don't know how poorly Nicola was going to be and you, and you 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 just kind of um, yeah you just you just adapt as I say to to to, the, to each day and so I look back at it now and I look back at the whole two years now right from when it started right to the last couple of months of Nicola's life and I think how on earth did I not just you know self destruct because mm-hmm. you just think you know you, you literally have so much going on and and, and particularly the last um, the last year when Nicola was terminally ill because you knew that everything she was going through wasn't going to make it better this time mm. and I think the first time you think oh let's, let's yeah. do this because you'll get through it and you'll be better and then but the second time you know it's not going to when be it's palliative absolutely yeah. and, and and you know you've got everything and particularly when you're looking at with Grace as well she was so young and you're trying to you can't we didn't ever prepare Grace for what was going to happen because she could have got quite frightened by it, even at her age but you, know, you know that it's going to come and then it does happen and it's kind of so yeah it's 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 very surreal actually and when I look back at it it's very surreal because it's like a you look back and you think, how on earth did that two mm. years just kind of it went very slowly in one sense, but in, I look back at it now and I think that was just crazy, you know. And 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 second Nicola had sort of left us, it was kind of you almost take a a, a deep breath and think, right, and 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 then it becomes another adapt. You adapting them back to 
not how you were before, but you're adapting to another entirely new situation of her not being there at all. And it's so literally all the way through it and right up to now, you just adapt all the time. Yeah. And you do it automatically. Yeah. You can't possibly imagine what it's like. Um, I mean, people I never did beforehand. Mm. Um, I don't know how people coped with it, but you, you just do it. Mm. You, uh, my, my, my own personal experience of cancer with parents dying and I'm going sitting with my mum and going through the appointments. And my memory of it is you go into the appointments and you're thinking, right, it's going to be 50 50 what they're going to tell us here. And over the and you 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 get you get the bad news, and then you just get used to getting that bad news in a way that the first time you get it is really impactful. The second time you're right, it's autopilot. You just process it and go right, okay. Well, what have we got in front of us? We deal with that that that, that future that's in front of us. Yeah. At what point did you or Nicola or both of you think right, okay, we're going to talk about? Nicola not being here did you did you talk about that and what, what stage of things well I think I mean she was diagnosed um, with secondary breast cancer in I think it was October um, of 2016 16. I think it was um, and obviously once they then tell you it can't be cured obviously your sort of mindset changes Fine. because you don't know realistically how long because once it takes hold um, you don't know how quickly everyone's you, different yeah you, if it gets if it gets one of your vital organs quite quickly then you know you can be it can be days sometimes so but obviously as time went by we knew which they never gave her a prognosis they never said you've got this much time to live she had a rough idea that it'd be about a year even with the best treatment and and so on and, and it sort of so we had a rough idea but again uh, at one point it looked um, quite airy in about the April of last year she, she we thought she was on last legs because she had some issues with because it went, came back to her lungs and it was in the, in the fluid in the lungs mm. Um, so she had a lot of breathing problems with it and that would give her a lot of problems but that actually got it had gone to her liver just before that as you say when when we got the news about that it was like okay um, you know here we go and and I, I told I told this story at her funeral but um, it just sort of summed Nicola up was that you know I, te- I texted her she just found out this news and I texted her I was on my way into hospital I said that are you okay how do you feel she told me on the phone and she said yeah she said, oh, she said oh, I'm rubbish defeated she said but once you've you take so many hits it just doesn't hurt anymore and then literally without a heart without in a heartbeat she said can you nip to can you nip to the shop on the way here and grab me a grab me a sandwich or this, it was like it was like yeah i had the bad news I just grab me some lunch yeah. on the way and i was thinking i can't how, how can you even i wouldn't be thinking about the food because she just had this massive blow which was a massive blow at the time because the liver was obviously yeah a key thing and um and then and then literally two weeks before she died how we knew things were really tough was she'd had some seizures Mm-hmm. in the night which scared the life out of me because yeah. I didn't know why and uh, we got into hospital eventually she came around got into the hospital in the ambulance and they said yeah you know it's gone it's gone to your brain mm. and we'd actually said before they told us that we said she said this has gone to the brain is it and they sat told her that and we looked at each other and go yeah that sounds about right and it just not not like oh my god you know but mm. it was it's like, not the Hollywood version is it no it's not it's, it's real it's life like, it's like yeah, yeah. It sounds about right mm. um, and it does you, you, you I don't know if desensitise is, is the right term but you do you just take the hits and, mm. and how she coped with it I'll never know I mean it's one thing being um, alongside someone uh, who's going through that but I mean if it had been me being told that I probably wouldn't have reacted as mm. well as she did And but I think she sort of just admitted mm. and that, admitted defeat is the wrong term because she, she fought it and she but only in the last couple of days of her life did she finally mm. did I only ever see that's the only time she sort of lost the fight because it was just taken over how hands on dad were you were you pretty well skilled in terms of dadding yeah. 
before Nicola passed away. I was actually. I mean, I, I've always been very hands-on. I just that was just a kind of natural thing to me. Yeah, I think I, and we're talking about before. Yeah, was yeah, very much so. Yeah, and I was. I think I enjoyed being a dad that much. Mm. Um, don't get it's me wrong. great, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is <laughs> great. great. And, it's great. And, and I think because I had some good experiences with with my nieces. Mm. So my sister had her babies, and I sort of got used to being around them and things. But you know, when they're crying and and Hand them bad, back, making bad smells. You give them back, but <laughs> so I had to get my head around that. But to be fair, Grace is always very good at night time. But you know, we so we did all the usual stuff. We, we had no problems with that. So I was always very hands on. Um, so it wasn't a big deal for me to suddenly have to do more when Nicola was poorly or whatever. Nor is it now. You weren't honest. a cliched man with holding the washing up liquid with it all pouring out the other side. No, no. To be fair, no. I mean, I think um, t- I think Nicola would would readily admit I was I was quite good at, at what okay. at being a dad. I'm, I'm not just picking myself up. I think I was. Yeah, you know, I was. I was sort of hands on and, and had no literally no qualms about it at all. So, um, how did your relationship with Grace change? It? And I'm curious about in terms of after the diagnosis but then also again when you realised that the cancer had come back and it was terminal how did your relationship with you and Grace change? Did I you feel it changed a great deal because she's always been a bit of a daddy's girl anyway I've always yeah. been really close mm-hmm. um, you know because Nicola was often so poorly I'd always be doing bedtimes and things so she got used to that kind of thing so it's always been there's literally there's hardly ever been any change at all mm-hmm. from, from day one really of this um, into our relationship obviously we're very very close now as, as we were before but it's kind of it has brought us closer because she knows I'm you know I'm, I'm the only parent mm. left as it were you know however much she understands that um, but no honestly it didn't and, and, and she she has kind of as I said before she's kind of taken it on and I'm watching all the time you know I'm, I'm watching for signs that she's not coping so well but and, and likewise with me. I mean you know, she, she, she she's got me wrapped around a little thing you know she, she, she knows how to boss me mm. she uh you know, but and and she's like a mum in many ways. She's quite headstrong and, and strong-willed, and, and and but Nicola warned me. She said, you know, she's going to be like me, and I said, well, I'm in trouble then because uh, you know. But that, but you know, that, that's no bad thing. It just means you know, Grace is is just you know, she's just like that naturally. But so she tests me. But to be fair, she is she's such a good kid. I have so few problems with her genuinely, mm. which helps because if she's throwing tantrums all the time and things, it's different. But never when we go out, she's good. We have to, I can take her to restaurants anywhere, and she mm. won't, she's always good. And that all helps because I think if you've got a child who's sort of badly behaved, um, however natural it is at that age, you know. But to be fair, she's she's just so good, and I think that makes our relationship um, better. We talk we talk at home. We try not to say bad and good to Jackson. We talk yeah. about helpful, unhelpful. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like Grace is helpful. Very much so. Um, do you? I look when I look after Jackson for an extended period of time. Sometimes when Mum comes home, it is a relief. That he runs over and it's like mummy, 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 and then I'm like, right, I'm just going to take myself off to yeah. read the paper or something. You don't have that. Do you miss that? Do you? What kind of? What about you, Mark? Where do you get your break? Uh, well, when I mean when she goes to bed, I guess. I mean yeah. it, it, it's, but that's not an issue to me. She, she, she's now she's quite independent. She can she's do nursery herself. stuff. If she didn't play. She, yeah, she's at nursery and and. Um, what about logistics? And I, I asked this because just this morning, we're, we're recording this early in the morning here, just this morning I went to have a shower and left my boy with my wife in bed. And I thought I thought of you, actually, that sounds weird, I thought of you while I was in the shower. Um, I thought of you when I was thinking, well, what if I was here and I was looking after Ben on my own and there was no one here? Do you know what I mean? It's, it's those kind of logistics, which I suppose a, any single father would have to deal with, but obviously that's been thrust on you in a... Yeah, in a, in a, um, 
things like that. I mean, now Grace is old enough to be, you know, she, she knows because she, she, she can keep herself occupied. I don't have any worries. She's not going to climb up on top of cupboards and things like that, you know, if, if I leave her for five minutes. She'll often, I'll, if, if we're there in the morning, I'll go and have a shower while she's having a breakfast. Um, just you can sit and watch TV for a bit yeah. and, and she's fine. Sometimes I can hear her come upstairs into her bedroom. So, and, and, after, and Nicola died when she just turned three when Nicola died. So, uh, before that, Nicola was at least around to, to yeah. supervise, uh, however poorly she might have been, just supervise. And so it's never really been a big problem to be honest. You know, um, you know, I don't, I don't leave her in the house when I go to the shops or anything. But you know, no. <laughs> no. might might get arrested for that. Um, but no, it's, honestly, she's 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 fine to be left while I do things like that. So, but do you get that time? Do yeah, you ever have do, a time? I do, and 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 I mean, she she spends a couple of nights a week with my with my in laws. Mm-hmm. Um, and that helps me from a work point of view more than anything. We're just lucky that they're yeah. local, locally. Yeah, they're, they're on hand and, and they've been amazing because obviously they've, they've struggled massively, massively. And Grace to them is a huge therapy. So even if even if I wasn't working, I mean, you know, I'd still make sure she goes there because they need her to help them. Yeah, um, yeah right. But And also from Grace's point of view, because that's a bit of continuity. She was there a lot when Nicola was ill and that was important that, they, that she carried Dad on because that was sort of a normality mm. for her. Um, but so I get, you know, I get some time to myself then, and, and, and she's only at nursery in the afternoons. Um, but so Friday's my, my day off, and, and, and so I get so Friday afternoon to, to go and do some shopping or whatever. Mm. And just, but I don't, I don't, I don't sort of crave it. I don't, I don't sort of feel, oh god, I wish I had some spare time because she's not the kind of child that leaves me feeling that way. No, um, you know, if I want to do my own thing. She'll let me do it anyway. And yeah. Sometimes she'll like daddy play with me, so I'll play with her for a bit. But she's not massively high maintenance, so I don't thankfully have too many problems in that in we that should sense. point out that your job is watching football for a living yeah so um there is a i guess a bit of a break in in, in that yeah i mean when i when i go off on a saturday to cover games again she'll go mostly go to my to my in-laws or if, if my family are around uh, they, they live quite a long way from me yeah. so um but when they're up um for the weekend she'll go with them because she's got cousins and she loves to bits so um you know it's, it's all it just works out. You mm. just kind of, you know, I never have any problems with childcare. Um, she's happy to go with anyone mm. who she knows well. So, you know, yeah. Do you, you mention? Sorry, sorry, Steve. I was just going to say you, you mentioned that you're, um, that you know, you're not sort of craving that that kind of alone time, that time to chill out on your mm. own. That perhaps Steve mm. and I might might always be looking for. Is there an element that actually that's that's the toughest time when you're when you are by yourself? Is that? Yeah, I mean, that, that was certainly the case. Um, in the months after Nicola died, I mean, you, because you're suddenly when when Grace would go to bed, I'd at least have Nicola to go and sit with or go and chat to or whatever. Sometimes she was well enough to be sort of moving around the house and so on. Um, and then it, even if Nicola needed some sleep or whatever, you know, at least she was there. And and, and but yeah, when you suddenly left to yourself, it, that's that was when it was tough. And, and the wobbles, as we call it, the, when I had the biggest wobbles was when I was sat there, often quite late at night, I'd be getting towards bedtime something could set me off I'd see a photo or watch a video something like that and it, it would sort of I had no one there to kind of you know my, my parents and family would say oh, just ring just ring if you need it and in the end I, I didn't I just preferred often to deal with it in my own way because I knew that the wobbles would, would pass quite quickly um, but there was one I had a bad one that just lasted all night because I'd, I'd seen a video of Nicola that made it feel like she was in the room it's, it's as I mentioned on one of the blogs I do and, and it was like it just it just completely finish me because it just it, sometimes you get things like that so that and that's when I was on my own and actually Grace wasn't even there Grace wasn't actually in the house at the time so I was literally Being on my life. own and so I was, I was up all night sort of crying and then I, the next day was bad so you do have you do have, it was a bad time because when I had people around me my family around and my friends around 
I was you know, lifted by that. Mm. And then when they all disperse back to their homes and, 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 and leave me back, um, whether with Grace or with that, it just you sort of come back down to the reality again. Mm. And, and but yeah, I don't. Yeah, so the, the, the alone times were, were were harder, but gradually that gets better as you get more used to the situation. It's the normality, um, the old normal and the new normal. The, yeah, the, the, very much so. And, and I think. Um, yeah, you, you literally just, just, just again, it's back to the adapting thing. You're adapting as you go along mm. to your new situation, and some things take longer to get used to than others. Mm. You know, for example, you know, being on your own again. And because mm. I was, I was Nicola with Nicola for eleven years. You know, we, we were yeah. married for eight, and um, you know, so practically every night, you know, or every day, she, she was there, and and someone to sort of bounce off when it comes to talking about things to do with Grace or, or whatever. And all of a sudden, I didn't have that, and it was sort of. That's the thing you have to get used to as well, not having that automatic. Mm. You know, it's like when you've got a partner, that you do everything together, yeah. don't you? So, yeah, but again, you adapt to it. So. Sounds like from talking to you before we before we start recording that work's been quite supportive yeah. for you, which must make life easier. Massively so. I mean, I, I work from home anyway, which was a kind of a situation that came about naturally, just as Nicola got ill actually, because they, uh, our local office closed and it just was easier for me to work from home. Mm. And that worked really well with the flexibility with Grace and mm. with Nicola being poorly. And, um, you know, the nature of my job isn't part of a team, it's part of a sports team for, for, for several newspapers. And and uh, they, so they were able to take on my bits of work while I wasn't there. And it would be hospital appointments, the chemotherapy days. Um, I'd suddenly have to say, look, I can't work because Nicola's really poorly. She mm. needs a bit of extra you know, help today or whatever. Because I was, I was essentially a full-time carer as well. So... It sort of doubled up, really, yeah. and and not alone as, as parent too. So it kind of it really was a juggling act all the time. Um, but thankfully, they they were outstanding with me from 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 day one. Mm. You know, I think they understood that it was quite a unique situation. I, I sometimes feel quite guilty that you know I'm really sorry I'm messing you guys about. But they're like, look, it's the worst possible thing that could mm. happen. And I think they and it, likewise, if it was any one of those, I'd, I'd be exactly the same. So. But I was just very lucky that I was in a kind of j- the job where it was flexible enough. Sometimes I'd work late at night if they'd all gone to sleep. I'd say, right, I'll work a couple of hours, work out now and stuff like that. So I did try, but because it, and this happened not long after Nicola died, I was quite keen to get back to doing some kind of work because it was a good distraction for me. Mm. And they were like, you sure you, you know, you sure you want to do it? And uh, I sort of eased back in, but they just let me do it on my own pace. And, and even now I've had to ease back a little bit because I was doing too much again. And so I've had to just sort of take a step back because it was fine. I was. I underestimated how hard it would be to go back to full capacity on work and still have Grace buzzing around <laughs> and stuff. And you think you'd be fine, even working at home, but you know, she's like, Daddy, you stop doing work. I want you to play with me, kind of thing. And you think, you know, yeah. you, you, you can't, you feel, I feel bad sometimes for her, but, but no, it, it did help massively. It's, it's interesting because everyone talks, you, you assume when someone's been through what you've been through, everyone always wants to talk about the kind of emotional aspect mm. and how you're coping and all these things. But everything we're talking about here, it is all day-to-day practicalities. Practicality, all yeah. day-to-day practicalities, because that's the reality of life, and that's the reality of having a young. You get on with it. You have it's, to. F- it's everything from not having lines. You know, you sort of think, oh, you know, when when Grace isn't there, I think I can sleep till a lot later than I might normally do. Even if I'm working, I get an extra hour of sleep or something like yeah. that, and you think, oh wow, you know, and and little things like that you take for granted, and, and just uh, from meal times and just preparing, making sure you take time out of my work just to make sure she can eat properly. You know, yeah. all these kind of things you, you literally take on. It's the cliche that you know people like Rio Ferdinand have used. Obviously, you're taking on you being mum and dad. You know, you are doing both roles, and um, I have support around me. I have a lot of support around me, and, and, and they help massively, which is which is crucial. But I do take a lot on myself, and obviously, a lot of the decisions around Grace I take on. And 
it doesn't daunt me particularly. Did you or have you spoken to other dads in similar situations, either prior or after, or how's, how's that? Yeah, I didn't, is there didn't a support so much, network of any? Um, to an extent, I mean, not so much before because it was, I was so sort of immersed in it, and every situation is totally different anyway. It's all very, you, you can sometimes rely too much on how other people cope mm. because you get, might get frustrated if you can't apply that to you because different people have different. They might have four kids. They might have one kid. They might. That's have like kid. parenting, isn't it? Well, it is exactly that. So you, you can't. But I mean, afterwards, obviously, the, the part, um, I'm a member of uh, Widowed and Young, which is a charity that supports, obviously, as it says, people who are widowed. I think it's under the age of fifty. Um, and through that, um, I've come into contact and through the blog I write as well. Um, people have sort of read that and got in touch with me through the through the Widowed and Young uh, forums and the Facebook pages they've got. So you know, really resonates with me mm-hmm. what you're doing. So I. I've sort of spoken to some people in in the situation. People ask me if I ever watched the, the Rio Ferdinand documentary on mm. TV, whether I watched it because it absolutely applied to me. And I, I didn't, I couldn't watch it because I think it came on. It was on literally a month or two after Nicola died, and I thought at the time it was too uh, fresh. So that would have been an idea, and I may I may watch it at some point because, but at the time it was too hard, and I was trying to. Um, but that's the kind of thing that it, it almost came on at the right time in a sense, but also the wrong time um, yeah. for me personally. But so I have, I have, I haven't actively sought out other people no. as much as other people might have done for me. I did what people have done with my blog. I, I'd look online, and there are blogs written by people in similar situations to me. Um, but and they helped. Yeah. To an Where extent. did you start the blog? It's great, by the way. If you um, if you fancy having a look, um, yeah. I, re- I recommend it. Don't read it in public, like I did, because <laughs> you will end up getting choked up on the bus and looking like a bit of a weirdo. I know a lot of people hold me responsible for them <laughs> crying in public. Um, I wrote it because it was actually something Nicholas said would be a good idea for me to do uh, while she was still alive, uh, because it, obviously that was an entirely different experience. And obviously, being a journalist, it's it's natural for me to want to write things down. Like, and I probably get things across better when I write things down than I do if I'm sat talking to people, which is probably a bad idea when I'm sat doing a podcast. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, you, you're doing a great job. Very well. You're doing um, very well. I think we joked before, didn't we? I've just, just written everything down and then read it out to you. <laughs> um, so. But it's true, and, and it was very much a cathartic thing for me, and it really was done in quite a selfish way. I was done; it was done for me primarily. Just want to write it down. I thought, well, I put it out there because there are people out there who it will need to help. It will help. Um, and sure enough, sort of, I put it on the way forums and and uh, and, and even out through my through my Twitter because my, my Twitter followers who primarily follow me because of my job, they, they'd become with that because we raise a lot of money through it. Because when we're doing fundraising things, I put it out there because. And people would donate a lot of money, so that was kind of why I made it. It's probably because I did do mm-hmm. that, and people were incredible towards me with that. Um, and I put it out on there, and obviously that spreads the word as well. So before I knew it, it was getting thousands of hits, and it was it was it was nice to know. It didn't daunt me because I thought, well, it's nice that I can help people because I know I'd, how much I'd appreciate the help, and did appreciate the help of reading these things. And so. I was surprised at the first the first blog post. Am I right in saying you you posted that twelve days after Nicola died? Yeah, yeah. It that was. I was I was surprised at how quick that was. Yeah, I mean at that time, to be honest, when I mean even the day after she died, she died quite late at night, and um, my mum was at home with 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 Grace, um, and uh, I sort of I couldn't stick around the hospital too long, and um, I went back home to see her, and I made a few phone calls, and then the next morning, very very strange because I suddenly felt this sort of almost like a release of I haven't you know I wanted to sort of go and check Nicholas all right and get a medication ready and, I, and it was it was I was I was like a zombie I mean you know you, you're in a complete state of sort of 
Um, I woke up and it was totally surreal. But th that feeling of sort of release and uh, free freedom sounds like the wrong word because it, it was it was freedom from the shackles of that past yeah, the, two years. The, hor the horrific routine yeah, of caring for someone who's sick. So in in and that sort of stayed actually, in, and you particularly felt it in the first two or three weeks. And so by the time I got into like the second week, I was sort of I wasn't working. I was sort of find myself late at night as you said before you know what am I going to do and I thought you know I'm, I'm going to write I'm going to do a blog and I, and I got the domain and I signed up with it and all that kind of thing I just wrote the first one and um, it just felt like the natural thing to do at that time on that day if I'd done it, if it'd been the next day I might not have done it but on that day I thought you know what, I'm going to write it and every time I write one it's quite sort of do you know what I'm just going to write one now because you think of something and you write and that's what it was then but it was so soon purely because not because I was just head in my hands the whole time, and I, you know, I was, don't get me wrong, but uh, it, not 100% of the time, because there were some days I was just thinking, what what, what can I, what do I do now? Because I wasn't working, Grace might not have been with me, and I think I, I was, I say bored, but I was, and I just thought, right, let's do the blog, see how it goes. Nicola knew I was gonna do one, I told her I'd do it. Um, she she hold, wholly endorsed me doing it, she said, if it helps you, do it. Um, and uh, so I just did it, and so yeah, it was, it was quite soon afterwards, but as I say, it, I felt it was a good time because obviously everything was fresh mm. uh, and everything I wrote about each with each blog is kind of written on in a fresh um, way and I mean so I went into quite a bit of detail about Nicola's cancer journey as I put it on there and, and how she died and so on because it was still fresh in my mind and whilst it's hard to read it's hard to write too of course but um, you get the best it, it comes out better if you do mm. it while it's fresh in your mind um, and that's why I sort of did it when at each time I did not just the first one but all of them um, it's interesting that you, when we're talking about that first post you were talking about the kind of release and that I, th I know you didn't like the word freedom mm. but do you think there's a bit because uh, I imagine this happens to everyone who's in your situation mm. that I suppose there's almost a bit of guilt at that feeling absolutely yeah. having a feeling that why am I feeling that way very much so and you don't know there's no rule book with grief you, you, how you feel is entirely um, subjective but yeah, you, you do. You think you know how? What, what should I be doing now? Should I be? You know, what should I be feeling? Floods of tears. Should mm -hmm. I be? You know, why? Why am I out? I, I remember I went to buy. I went out about a week, a week after Nicola died, and I thought I'm going to go and buy a laptop. I thought because we needed, need, we need, we said we we're going to get one, and because the, the one I had was was on its, you know, really struggling. I said right. I thought right, I'm going to go and buy a laptop. I thought I was really excited about. It. I thought, yeah, I'm going to go to the shop. And I went to the shop and I was doing it all. I'm thinking I'm sitting here. She's only died a week ago. I'm like, yeah, I've just bought a new laptop, this kind of thing. You think, should, is that right? Should that, yeah. but, but it's like little things that just sort of lifted me a little bit, you know what I mean? And it's sort of strange how that... So, yeah, you, you do um, feel a bit guilty about why, why Why was that such an enjoyable thing for me mm. to do? And, but, but at the same time, I mean, she'd have been laughing at me doing that. You know, she'd been yeah. it. But, it, it, yeah, you, do, you don't know how to feel at certain times. And you think, mm. you know, should, should I be out with my friends enjoying myself? You know, t two days after she died, I think my friends... They were scattered around the country. They're, they're amazing. They were just sort of converged um, up to where in Derby, where I live, and 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 we were out having a few drinks in in the evening. And you know, I was actually I was happy in a sense because I wasn't, you know, uh, and it sounds really strange because it's two days after she died, and you know, probably I was I was probably immune to any kind of mm. um, I, don't, I don't know what the word is, but I was I was still in shock a little bit. Yeah, very much so, and I, I was reverberating it and a couple of times in the evening it did sort of hit me when I was talking about it but I was just happy to have everyone there and and, and I think um, <laughs> and I sort of I was saying to them I said yeah, I don't know but this, why am I you know why am I I don't know, you know a couple of beers and, and I wasn't getting drunk or anything but it was it was like you know just just 
relaxing without and it was strange but then I got home and of course you think yeah should I have been doing that you know should, should I really have you know and, and you think well you do whatever at the time feels right yeah. and so yeah, guilt comes into it a bit but then you realise that there is you just do you can't, you can't second guess yourself can you you can't you can't and, and there's no point in trying to really you just do what you, you know so I often think about you know what would Nicola be thinking now what, what, what would she be endorsing what I'm doing would she have a problem with that and not that she controlled controlled my thoughts for too long but I think well if she'd be sitting there going you know you should be looking after Grace we should be doing that well that's one thing but she's yeah, going up, you know, she'd be wanting me to go and on, that, on that note I just wanted to ask because this is something I, yeah. I was trying to put myself in your shoes which I think is a bit of a pointless exercise because I think until you've been through something like you've been through you, you can't you can't understand it but yeah. I've I've often wondered in these situations you have your child which I suppose is both is a blessing because you've got something to throw yourself into and you know yeah. you want to do the best thing for your child but I also wonder if on some level there are moments where there's a little bit of resentment there where you almost feel like I deserve to have some space here to mourn, to grieve, to just wallow in self-pity or whatever it is you feel like doing at that moment mm. and you can't and you know you can't because you have to pour all your energy into your child. Have, have there ever been those moments in your mind? Not too much because I mean as they grace would go two or three nights a week to my in-laws which gave me that a bit of time to myself and I, and I very deliberately had that because I thought if I don't have time to myself then I won't properly and mm. I thought you know it's not nice to experience it but you have to do it and so it's a case of actually working that in with knowing yeah, I need right. that those I, little bits of space you know, and that was based on some advice I had anyway and they said look don't, make sure you do grieve because otherwise it drags on and it, you'll be you'll be a state in two years time or whatever and you need to so that grieving process is very important because you know I missed Nicola terribly you know she was a, a, a bright bubbly character she was an incredible person and to have that suddenly gone it, it was a hell of a of a gap to to try and fill in, and so that's why I've said before about those times without her were very hard to start with. But I needed them just to let it all out, to write the books sometimes as well, but to to just deal with it. And and then and then and then Grace coming back was was a, was a was actually a great thing. I really mm -hmm. look forward to her coming home again. Mm -hmm. um, so no, I never resented uh, the fact I had great. She, she was she helped me. I mean, there's mm -hmm. no question about it. I never ever thought, oh, just you know, leave me because mm -hmm. I did have that time. So yeah, definitely not. You and Nicola talk about things that would come up in Grace's life mm -hmm. in in the future, you know, like school, you know, because parents make decisions about what school a child's going to go yeah. to, what sort of that, parent you want to be, what, and yeah, all those what, what had you know, yeah. what we're going to do when this. Well, it was very hard because obviously, it, the, the, one of the hardest things for me and for Nicola and for everybody around us to get our heads around was the fact that Nicola wasn't going to see Grace grow up. This little girl that she loved to pieces mm. and. And, and doted on and, and things and it, knowing that she wasn't going to see her grow up to be the incredible little girl and, and lady I think she would be and, mm. and he's proving to be and it's still hard now when I see things like um, we'll come to that in a minute about um, um, not seeing Grace do certain things but so it was sometimes quite hard to talk about with Nicola because she'd get quite emotional about it sometimes she wasn't so much sometimes she'd be quite matter of fact Nicola was a primary school teacher so she mm. she had and she taught sort of four to five year olds so she was giving me chapter and verse as to what she needs to be, you know, <laughs> almost leaving me the right, she needs to be learning this curriculum. Get, yeah, get her phonics right, get, get, you know, this kind of thing. So I had all that as well, but that was probably a good thing. And um, and and when it comes to schools as well, she knew which schools in the area, thought, right, you know, try and get to here. So I was kind of briefed. You've got a little um, rope, route map for the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly, and, and you do. And that's, in some ways, knowing this was coming, you know, it, I say not an advantage, there's never an advantage to any of this, but you, you do... You do sort of have the opportunity to 
talk about certain as opposed you know to the, your wife walking out the front door and getting hit by a bus exactly and you know the, the, that that I think would be if that had happened and this sometimes reflects in in the grieving process as well because you know I was grieving for a lot of what because you know once Nicola once we couldn't travel anymore once we couldn't you know, have nights out together you know and, and you that that was going through I was going through that before she even died so but if you lose someone suddenly you see it's gone like just like that and I think when when you know it's coming you, you mentally prepare differently um, and and she was making a point of preparing me as well because she she sort of she obviously knew me very well she knew how I might cope in certain situations so you know and uh, so it's it's very it's very surreal conversations to have actually when you when you know someone's going to die um, especially so young and you're thinking well you know but you, again there's sort of things you just think well we've got to do it um, mm. I'd rather have these conversations so I know how she feels about certain things and so I know I'm doing the right thing with Grace mm. at certain points and she said look you know get to a point you just it's up to you now you know she said to me this is going to be up to you now but she was able to she was able to say get a read in this get a doing that you know and this kind of thing and I try and do that best I can but um so yeah you you, you do you do have that how far ahead did you did you go in terms of you know well, was I mean, a point in which what university she came <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, we, obviously for, for most of the time we didn't know how long Nicola would live for no. so we, we, I was, we she was desperate to hang on to see her at nursery and that's why it was hard because literally I think it was Three weeks between Nicola dying and Grace starting, and that's. I was upset the day the day Grace went to nursery. Not like most parents are, because they're waving the child off for the first time. Grace was happy as Larry. She was like, "Bye, Daddy." Yes, yeah. But I was upset not because of that, because she was happy, but because Nicola wasn't there to see it, and and that that was the hardest bit for me because she just couldn't hang on long enough. And but obviously we didn't know that until two weeks, probably. Well, I'd say maybe a few days before she died, we knew it was probably coming to an end, and, and so. The conversations would kind of stretch. You knew she wasn't going to last maybe another year on top of where we were at the time, and you hope and you know treatment might give her. But really, you're looking at school, starting school and stuff like that, and and and, and that's why with Nicola teaching the sort of children she did, she knew, you know, she was able to prepare me to get she'd keep all her all the teaching resources in the house. She's like, keep those, don't throw them away because that would be great for Grace. You can get her ahead. You know, she's sure enough, some of her teachers now. That's so, like a good uh, mum. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. she's. So she's already she's still teaching her now, even though yeah. she's she's not here. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, we couldn't we couldn't go too far because she said I don't know how she's gonna I don't know how she's gonna be. So it'll be up to me. That's 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 a responsibility I'm fine with. Um, but I think had it been the other way around, and I often think how it would have been if it had been the other way around, if it had been me who was going to die and so on. I think I would have had far less input. <laughs> I'd have been like, oh, you'll be fine, you know. But whereas she was like, I think she made. It wasn't because she had no faith in me. It was more just because she was worried how I'd be mentally and how I'd be psychologically, and how that might affect any decisions I'd make. Whereas I think she was, she's a lot stronger in that sense to me, and she'd have just been able to do it, um, irrespective. So, sounds yeah. like she was a great mum. Oh, incredible, mm -hmm. and and just a great person, and, and anybody who knew her will, will, will endorse that. And, and um, I think she 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 would have been a fantastic mum to Grace mm -hmm. and, and any other children we may well have had. And. I think um, she was a natural with them, and, and, and that, that is one of the saddest aspects of it all. Is that Grace is fantastic, incredible little girl, and a massive credit to Nicola. Um, and she's not here to see her grow but, up, and it's 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 really hard. Um, but but the, you know, just from having this conversation with you, Mark, it sounds like Grace is in very good hands. Mm, yeah. You know, it sounds like you, you you're on top of this. You know, it's that's the most remarkable thing. Yeah, actually. Rich and I spoke at the beginning of the podcast, and I'm pretty sure we're sort of reaching the end now, about 
imagining ourselves in that situation, you're talking to you, you you think, well, you know, you, you can do, you could do it. Yeah. You can. It's it, almost it's, in a weird sort yeah. of way. It's heartening because it makes you realise that maybe you know we've all got that within us that if the worst happens and the worst is thrown at you well, that you find a way you talked about adapting several times and that's yeah. it sounds like that's just what you've yeah. done adapt as and and develop as things have gone along so there is there is no rule book to any of this and different people handle it different ways some some guys don't and some mums as well just can't cope with it and i see mm. stories about people who are two three years down the line are still struggling they may have more than one child i mean i think to be fair if i had more than one it may have been a different story not i would have still coped but it would have been much oh, harder whereas grace is She's my only one, but she's also very good. And that, so Grace herself has actually been mm. the main reason for coping so well. But it, it, it depends on the individual. And we'd, we'd be interested to hear from people that are listening who have been through something similar to Mark. Mm, if you've got older children, perhaps it, you know mm. you, uh, you can email us and uh, at, at, at first at com or, or leave leave some comments in the review section on on iTunes. Do you know the last question I want to ask actually, the very last thing. I don't know if you if you'd have spoken to people in these situations, but have you ever considered how different your situation might be in terms of what you've gone through if you if you didn't have children, if you weren't a father? Um, I think I'd be a lot more lonely, and I don't mean sitting in the house on my own all day every day. Just just I wouldn't have that mental support that Grace offers, um, company too, of course, and um, I, yeah, I, I honestly. I haven't thought a great deal about it, but I, I don't think it would be. I think it would be a lot harder because if it's just if it's just me and Nicola, and then Nicola, you've, you, what have you got left? You know, essentially apart from your sort of family and so on. But in terms of that day to day, so I think it would have been a lot harder. Grace has been the thing that's held everybody together mm. in many ways. So you can't underestimate how important children are, particularly if they're a bit younger, because older children might find it harder because they might take it harder psychologically. And, and I guess. Every- Every time you think Nicola's not here, mm-hmm. you look at Grace and think, yeah. "Well, you know." Yeah, and and I do, and and, and she, you know, she says one or two things. She's just started ballet, and she sort of said to me the other day, "I wish Mummy was here to see me do ballet." And 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 so it does. She just and they come out of nowhere. She'll tug at heartstrings, yeah. and but she's, you know, she understands as much as as her mind will let her understand and, yeah. and um, as she gets older she's going to know more and more and I'll tell her the second she wants to know things I'll tell her and it sounds um, like from what you've said about um, Grace that she's got some of Nicola's personality yeah, yeah, traits which yeah. is going to be great for you yeah. and you'll be able to talk to Grace about what her mum was like yeah. and so you're, you, you're like your mum yeah and we've got lots of videos of Nicola that she'll, that she'll, of, of the two of them together which is really important because she needs something to use as a, as, a, as a sort of reference to how close they were because memories on their own mm. can't do that mm. in this day and age we film everything don't we and take yeah. pictures so um, but yeah you know she, she'll, she'll be you know however we move on in life and, and, and so on she, and whoever may be around us in our lives she, she will always be aware of how special mm. her mum was and, 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 and the traits that she's inherited from her because um, I think that's really important and, and, and uh, but she's she's she is Absolutely. Nicola would be so proud of her. Mm. There's no question about it. I've, no doubt at all, she'd be immensely proud of her. Mm. And, I, and I like to think she'd be quite proud of the way I've yeah, handled it too. But that's not, that. that's, I'm not going to. I don't praise myself particularly because <laughs> we'll not, do it. That's yeah. not for me to do. But I, I, I do. I do think I'm on top of it. I don't ever feel particularly like I'm really struggling. Um, but that is more down to the support and the help I've got and mm. Grace herself than anything mm. else. So it is um, remarkable that this little girl 
who you know a, a three-year-old little girl who is by nature a very delicate fragile little mm. human being has been the sort of strength at the centre of all of this is it's, from what you were saying that she's held everybody together yeah and, and she'll grow up knowing that as well mm. she'll, she'll be told that, that she was that she was the glue and I think in the end you know she'll yeah I mean, she'll, she'll, she'll miss having a mum but she'll she'll certainly be well aware of how important a role she played Nicola played and, and how much of a role Grace played as well well thanks well, that's, that's thanks so much incredible. for uh, coming in and talking to us Mark um, and for being so honest and as I said you know we, we recommend the uh blog do you want to just give us the title yeah it's, it's the widow daddy diaries.com okay we'll put a link up on uh, yeah absolutely the it really is worth a read whether you've been through something like this or, or not it, it really is worth a read because it's, it's very insightful um, and gives you some idea of you know perhaps how to cope if if, uh, if one of these horrible scenarios mm. you know, sort of befalls you mm. um, but thanks Mark, for coming in it's been really fascinating yeah. actually very insightful and okay. um a little bit emotional, actually, if I'm honest. <laughs> but thank you very much indeed for being here. You're welcome. Uh, right, thanks to everybody for listening. Um, please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. and um, we'll Leave us a review, please, because it helps other people find us. It certainly does. Um, all right, we'll, uh, we'll catch up with you next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye.